the diversity of Asian American experiences. Anna sharing her experiences, me sharing mine, and realizing that reflects our both shared experience and diversity of experience. And that's filmmaker and actor Jason Chow, who, along with the extraordinary Anna Lin, were the performers in The Chinese Lady by Lloyd Tse, our first play of the season. It was an incredible experience. Two not only incredibly talented and skilled performers, but very insightful into the process. I hope you enjoy it. The story is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and I was really excited to get the script and read it. And I, I painted it a very specific way it, in my head. Not detailed, just like the tone in my head as I was reading, right? And so it was so beautiful to bring in Jason and then see the life that he breathed into Atong, which then, you know, informed me more about my relationship and my character as Atong Moy. Um, and so it's like deliciously layered and complex. And like with each day that we work on this, I think having the three of us with our very like expansive creative brains, relationship to the audience, uh, the relationship to the world, how generationally her story still rings true um, is has just been a, an amazing process. And Honestly, what I love so much about this story is, you know, not only is it about the first Asian American or uh, Chinese American woman to be here, but also that all of these, I guess, discriminations and hurdles that she and Atong face still ring true today, just packaged in a different way. Yeah, for me, I think it's it's all those details that are so fascinating. When you first read a play, it feels like you're seeing a river that you're going to raft from like 3,000 feet like in the air. Like You're like, oh, that looks like a really interesting river. Like That'll be fun. And then in the rehearsals, it's like getting in the river with a boat, right? Or with a raft and being like, oh, wait, I didn't realize there was a turn here. I didn't realize that there was... Uh, these things going on. I think that's been really the joy of it, as Anna said, right? That we had this perception, I think, from a distance. Oh, I know what the story's about. And that's still there, but there's this level of nuance, this level of detail in almost every line that is really fun to just to see the different ways that we've been able to explore it. You know, the joy of theater is no two performances are the same, not from the same actors and definitely not from the same production. And feeling that diversity, you know, like where Anna talks about, right, like the the Asian American experience and seeing how it has translated over the years. But I think for me, it's also been, on addition to that, the diversity of Asian American experiences. Anna sharing her experiences, me sharing mine and realizing that reflects our both shared experience and diversity of experience. And that's been really fun to discover. Kind of exploration in the beginning where you're going from this wide, all these options down to a singular place and you're using 
as artists, each of the artists, it's the collaborative part of theater where you're really bringing that in along with the voice of the writer and finding these things. It's, it's to me, it's the, it's the most exhilarating part. Mm -hmm. And I think what the piece does, um, what Lloyd Dussault has done so well is that the actors really are a character. Mm -hmm. And I think for you guys bringing so much to it is just, it really is, um, it's really great because I get to feel like I'm knowing you better. I get to know the kind of situation better. How do you feel? I mean, I know there's many different ways that you feel like you're bringing yourself to it. Is there one that's kind of unexpected? And then there's there one that is expected. I think for me, uh, the expected one is, you know, kind of that, like what Jason was saying, like, I, I can see the river. Okay. I'm that river too. So my river matches, you know, um, like on a very surface level, the hardships that Afong Moy is going through, like in a different way, of course, you know, I'm like, I get that, or I understand what you're going through. And then kind of the unexpected way through the rehearsals that we've been doing is like, this is the first time I've ever been lost in a character who's also lost. And it's really fun and really heady. Um, but it's the first time, you know, that you get lost in the character easy. Mm -hmm. But, like, to get lost in a character who's also lost, that, that's kind of, like, the beauty of her story is she's discovering so much every single scene. And I get to discover that with her. Yeah. Uh, for me, the expected part... Um... I don't want to, I want to like spoil some of the twists of the story. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's some personal things in, in Atong where I knew that I related to it because it was like being Asian American is hard enough, right? Like it's enough minority-ness where you already feel like you don't fit in. And then to have other things on top of that, which is like, well, you don't even fit in within the Asian American community. Um, that was something where I, I expected it and feeling it has been really, really, uh, emotional and, and difficult, but also very freeing. I think the thing that I didn't expect is the relationship that these two characters have, right. Is really this kind of push and pull that everybody feels, which is this push and pull between wanting to hope in the world and wanting to hope in other people and being pragmatic of being like, no, other people are not good um, and they're going to hurt you. And it's interesting because most of my life, I think I've been the hopeful one. You know, I, I, most of my friends will always be like, how are you so optimistic in all these things? And so to play the opposite character, because mm -hmm. Afong Moy is the hopeful one, to play the opposite character and to really have to live in that has been really unexpected because I think I was always afraid of that. You know, I was always afraid of the pessimism. I was always afraid of the, the pragmatism and the utilitarianism that I've seen in a lot of Asian Americans around me. And to be able to live in that and be comfortable with it has been really eye-opening. That's fascinating, the, the fear of it. Can you can you expound on that a little bit? What is the fear of that side? I mean, I think the fear as Asian Americans is that if we give in to this system of racial segregation, right, that it's white versus black, yellow doesn't fit anywhere. 
right? Like, like if America went into another civil war that was white versus black, like, I mean, who are we going to fight for? Or are we just going to get squashed underneath the, the weight, the tidal wave of it? So to me, I think I've always lived with this sort of, you know, fear of the just put your head down and do the work mentality that the model minority myth kind of perpetuates because I'm, you know, you study history and you're like, the people that put their heads down are the ones that get squashed, right? Like they're the ones that get destroyed when the other people start fighting. Um, and so I think I've, I, I, I think I've ha had a certain amount of fear and maybe judgmentalism towards that mentality, but now to have to inhabit a character who is, is doing that and to not judge him because as an actor, you know, you can't judge the character. You can't like mm -hmm. condemn the character to really try to understand, oh, how does a person live that way, right? How does a person live with themselves? How does a person see themselves kindly or maybe not so kindly, but to live that life where it's like, yeah, this is just the way things are and there's nothing you can do to change it. it it's it's scary because it means that that is a way of life that is available to everybody, to me, mm -hmm. right? And yet it can be so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's different. It's always different to see a sadness, right, from outside versus to live the sadness from inside. And I think I'm grateful because it, it, I feel like it has helped me to expand that empathy for those people, even in my life, where I see those patterns happening. I don't know how you, I mean, I'm assuming our raising was similar given cultural background, but we don't do sad. We don't do emotions. Oh yeah. My, yeah. my way I grew up was like, when you're sad, go to the other room and come back when you're ready to smile. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's not even like in a nice kind way, like go, go. And when you're ready, go get your stuff together and come back when you're ready to function in this family again. It's like, okay, yeah. okay sorry. Yeah, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm not Korean, but my wife is Korean. And I learned in Korean culture, there's like a specific word called right? Which is like, if your kid is crying, you would literally like hold your hand out in front of them, like you're going to hit them and like tell them to stop, right? Like, <laughs> it was like, stop crying, right? And yeah, it's, but then to realize what that does to a person, yeah, right? What having to always hide your emotions and always, always put on a mask mm -hmm. around other people. It's devastating. Right. It really is because you can't kill a person like I mean, like the in like exactly. you, you can't like squash who they are. You can you can kill their bodies. You can control their bodies. You can do everything you can to oppress somebody. Yeah. But, you know, I think right now in our American culture, that's the thing we're wrestling with is realizing, oh, you can't force people into boxes and expect them to actually become the box. That's awesome. So much of the play is about being seen and I going back just a little bit to that, like it's a kind of a fascinating way. The way to get by is not to be seen. And yet, so it's in a way that the inside is screaming to be seen. I think with the play, that kind of view is you are both very much like the character and very much unlike the character at the same time. And in such a 
it really is the character. I mean, as I say that, it's like, no, that that's him kind of in a nutshell. And that's why it was so, so for the, for the folks listening, um, Anna, we've known for years, <laughs> she's been working with the theater, know lots about it, but we, when we went to cast, we could not find, um, a tongue. We could not find that actor and we searched high and low. We did a lot of different things and we found Jason and there was something about, it was, I just, it was, it was exactly what I was saying. There was something, I had an idea of who the character was, but then I saw the website and I was like, this is you, this is the guy. Mm. And it had a lot to do with what you had written on. This was on your, um, your film site. So you're also a mm. filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that, but kind of like the way you look at life and you know, what's coming off on the, on, on the website. Yeah. And, um, I mean, being seen, right. Like that's what I've understood now is, um, the Asian American male experience. Um, and then on a personal level, right. Like I came out as queer a few years ago, uh, like two years ago. Um, and it's been a journey, uh, on that. Yay. Um, but the Asian American male experience is very interesting, I think, in American cultural landscape, because it really is this experience of being invisible, right? Like Asian American women, from my understanding, right, have this problem of always being exoticized and always being objectified and always being seen as, you know, sexualized. But being an Asian American man growing up in Texas, which I did, was like, oh, you're not relevant at all right like you're not seen that way right and um i think that that's really powerful in the overall american experience because everybody does feel that right everybody feels that at certain points in their lives where it's like how come nobody sees me how come nobody looks at me um and trying to find stories where that emotion and that feeling is really portrayed the asian american male experience is just prime for it right like it's prime like, like like we kind of are able to to represent that because it happens to us so frequently um and i think for me in my filmmaking artwork it is a lot of trying to understand oh what does that mean what does that mean to be human because that's again the the thing where well, if, if everybody's picking sides around race, then where do we go, right? And then even for me coming out, it was like, well, America's also divided around sexuality. Where do I go, right? And then, you know, you talk about gender too. And at the end of the day, for me, I think the big thing that I believe in and am pushing for and trying to create art that expresses is this idea that the us is everyone that when we divide people, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's gender or race or money, right? When, it, when we are in this mentality of it's an us versus them, then that's where we break down. And my experience is in at least the major ways that America divides people, I'm left out. Like I'm not even on a side, I'm just left out. And so to me, then that has, I've tried to pour that into the hope that you know, can we have a mentality, a philosophy, a culture where the us is everyone, where we don't think about it as us versus them, where we apply the same, you know, the way that I judge or the way that I want to 
rule other people and tell them what to do, that I'm going to take those same rubrics and do it to myself because it's just one us. And I really like that in the Chinese lady, right? Like that, that's, that's part of the struggle because it's not easy. Like that sounds good. And I realized like, it sounds great. Every time I tell that to people, they're like, yeah, that's wonderful. But the practicality of actually living that out is so, so hard. And I love that this play shows how hard that is. That's what's so interesting about being an artist. Cause it's like you say, it's like you get on a conversation like this and it comes out and it sounds so great. But then it's like, and we think, well, they've got it together, but you still have to turn around and go live it every day. And I think that's the kind of the, the, the job of an artist is go live it every day. Um, fascinating. Um, Anna, comedy. What does comedy yeah. mean to you? <laughs> comedy is a big part of your life, eh? Yes. Comedy is a big part of my life. Uh, well, growing up. You know, kind of to piggyback off Jason a little bit, Asian American experience uh, or is I'm the youngest daughter. So be quiet. Be super quiet. There are so many older people over you. Um, and then you're a girl. So it's not ladylike to be expressive, to be funny, um, and to have an opinion. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I was raised. It's so funny because so many people are like, oh, my gosh, you probably were the cutest little girl. And I'm like. Yes. However, nothing like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was really quiet, really obedient, uh, very much whatever you needed me to do is what I did. And then um, sometime, you know, I kind of realized like it like clicked for me, like, what's the point? Right. Because kind of like the Chinese lady, um, this is who we need you to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. we want you to be Chinese, but we also need you to point out what is and not to like give too much of the play away, but like, what makes you so exotic compared to what Americans see every day? Mm. And so she's, you know, she's asked to be a certain thing. She can't even be her true authentic self. Ironically, in a room where she's supposed to be her true authentic self, she needs mm-hmm. to be what the uh, the Americans who have bought her need to be. And so, but what's the point, right? So I kind of had that same revelation for myself. Um, and decided i'm like well i feel like it's i don't know can i curse on this thing (laughs) i think so damned if you do and damned (laughs) if you don't so i'm gonna damn if i do um Mm. and so you know in my late teens through my early 20s and even now i kind of realize like i'm just gonna do what i want because what's the point and then at some point in time i just went through like this whole, like, what am I doing with my life? And I actually worked in hospice care for a few years. And my sweet patients who are literally like on death's door with just a plethora of knowledge looked at me and like in a loving way, like, what are you, what are you doing? Is this what you want to do with your life? We feel like you're meant to be on stage, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I would love to do that, but it's just not an option because, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure Jason knows this, you Mm -hmm. you either become a doctor, an accountant or an engineer. That's it. (laughs) Those are your options. Theater is not, is not a thing. And then so eventually I, you know, started doing improv and it was so freeing because they literally teach you to say whatever you want and do whatever you want, you know, with some guidelines. 
um, and your your people will support you. And that was the most freeing and loving experience I've ever had. So then on the flip side, like as a teacher, that's exactly how I teach because I remember what it's like to live life stifled. What do you want me to say? I'll say it. What's funny? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then so to be able to show people, like the funny is inside you, you know, just do whatever it is that you think is right and then we'll make it work. Um, mm-hmm. And so like one of my favorite classes I had recently, like the kid was, or he's not a kid, he's an adult, was so nervous. And it was like a level one improv, right? I'm like, no, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. And that's the thing. Usually when you say, I don't know, you do know, you're just scared to do it. Mm-hmm. We're taught to you turn from our feelings, right? Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel that. So I'm like, no, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I'll, and I'll say it. And then he's like, I, I, uh, the person had vomited at a Trader Joe's, right? And he's like, well, I want to, I want to lick the vomit. I'm like, do it, you know? And he did like, I mean, fake obviously. Yeah. Right. But it was, but it was everyone, organic. It was organic. <laughs> everyone started laughing. And I'm like, look at that. Look at the world you just built. And like, what does that tell you? You're the type of person to lick up vomit at Trader Joe's. What else would you do? You know? Mm-hmm. And we just had so much fun with it. Um, and that's something that I learned and I wish I knew that growing up. So that's kind of what I try to impart on people in my life. How do you feel that's folding back into like the work we're doing with the character? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to kudos you, Rodney. (laughs) (laughs) Because obviously, you know, I still have some of those tendencies from when I was a kid because that's still most of my life. And um, the thing that you said to me last week that I just say to myself all day now, like as I'm driving and stuff is what would Anna do? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I think this is what she would do. And like, oh, I've seen other Chinese ladies and this is how they would act. They're very demure and and things like that. But then you said to me like, well, what would Anna do? And I'm just like, well, this is what Anna would do. And it's just been so much more fun with the process. And like, it's just, again, making that character just more complex. And then I think having that upbringing of both being kind of what a stereotype culturally we're supposed to be. And then that freeing moment is been great to kind of pull together to build this character and build a story and build, you know, my relationship with Jason as a thong. Mm-hmm. It so is, I think it's, uh, the script is brilliant in so many ways. I think you, how yes. much we get to work with and how we move around it, but the addition of the performer in it, I just think is magical. And like, especially, you know, I'm so happy to have you guys because you're both amazing artists in your own right. actor Anna Lynn, and filmmaker and actor Jason Chow. Be sure to subscribe if you're joining the podcast, and we'll be back again next week. Until then, keep it pure.